In this episode, I catch up with Farida Kikeri Epun, the founder of fast-growing herbal tea brand Sari Teas. Determined to see the health benefits of African medicinal herbs valued and acknowledged on a global scale, Farida has big plans. We explore her personal journey with African herbs. But she had some paste with, made with leaves that she had put on the toe and then she would massage it and then it sort of softened the area and also made sure that it didn't get infected when it eventually ruptured. Why ginger from a small town in northern Nigeria is considered among the best in the world? It's such good quality that it's even used for like pepper spray. Like that's how concentrated the um, active ingredient in the ginger is. And of course, her top three African herbs and their health benefits. I'll also be announcing details on this week's giveaway for one lucky listener. I'm your host, Dr. Yemsi Bokini, and welcome to the Food Clinic Podcast. The Food Clinic Podcast is powered by the Royal Society of Chemistry. Farida Kikeri Ekon is the founder of Sari Teas, a herbal tea brand under Sari Premium Wellness, a company based in Lagos, Nigeria, producing herbal products using medicinal plants sourced exclusively from the continent of Africa. Farida, it's a pleasure to have you here on the Food Clinic podcast. Many thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here as well. I thought it would be fascinating to um, meet up with you because you've obviously had to do a lot of research, a lot of background research on various different herbs, um, scientific research as well on potential benefits and I thought it would be great to discuss some of your findings and what your thoughts are on the future of um, African herbs in use of health. Uh, Yeah of course I'd be happy to. So in terms of my personal experience my my main foray into sort of using um, African traditional herbs has been more of like a personal journey because I didn't grow up sort of in my own household using a lot of those products, which is part of what I've kind of gone back to rediscover. Um, The only times when we did use traditional remedies, it would be from my grandmother, which is um, one of my, my grandfather had a number of wives as they do. So um, one of my grandmothers that um, I kind of grew up around, I remember her using remedies for certain things like I remember once I had like a swelling on my big toe that had like pus on it, like pus in it. I don't even know till today. Unfortunately, I didn't get to have these conversations with her before she passed away. But she had some paste with made with leaves that she had put on the toe and then she would massage it. And then it sort of softened the area and also made sure that it didn't get infected when it eventually ruptured. Um, so I remember that, but I came from a very sort of, oh, and I also remember my dad drinking a lot of agbo um, growing up. So sometimes he would just feel, it was almost like a deworming, but sometimes he would just feel like, oh, you know, he, he needs a cleanse and then would have, I would just smell these leaves brewing in the kitchen and I had no idea what they were and it was just bitter and just like, oh, you know. And so I came from a household where for the most part we used like pharmaceutical products, like regular, you had a pain, you had pain and you used a painkiller, you had, you know, I didn't really come from a household where we used a lot of traditional remedies. And so growing up, I started to discover those things for myself, 
because um, I sort of just from doing a lot of research, coming across a lot of articles, I started to think, okay, well, I don't want to use pharmaceutical products that are like super concentrated every time I have like a mild ailment like if I had if I felt like I had indigestion or whatever I was using on my skin or you know if I had a headache I wanted to see what were more natural remedies I could use for things like that and also remedies that I could incorporate into my daily life to just keep those things away altogether and so the beginning of my personal journey with herbs was sort of with traditional Chinese medicine or Ayurvedic medicine, just because these are products that are more standardized and more globally acceptable or globally accepted rather. And I started to think, well, hold on, like we have herbal remedies in sub-Saharan Africa on the African continent. Why are these things that we sort of shun and look down on? I'm certain that they're just as efficacious as any of these other products. And that's sort of how the research started for me. And this is like my early foray into, you know, health and wellness products in general. And so on the backdrop of that motivation, you decided to start a tea brand. So using herbs that are sourced exclusively on the African continent um, Mm -hmm. to make a range of teas for what I understand, common ailments, things like digestion and relaxation and sleep and things like that. Um, my understanding is you're you're looking to expand. You're obviously doing a lot of research and you're looking to expand the use of African herbs more broadly. You know, you mentioned Chinese, traditional Chinese medicine, you mentioned traditional Indian medicine. Um, and so there's definitely has to be a lot of research, a lot of work um, on the evidence base for some of these um, herbs and what they can be used for, um, including safety, things like safety, side effects, dosage, um, I'm sure you're aware of as well. So tell us a bit about some of the research that you've been engaged with, whatever institutions you've been engaged with, to try and bring African herbs um, to the fore. Yeah, for sure. Um, So one of the things that I observed, which was a personal um, a personal observation as well as something that I've observed in a lot of other people is that the main reason why um, African traditional medicine is sort of less and less accepted is really just trust um, and just trusting in the source, the quality and sort of the standardization of of these products. Um, And so part of our mission at SARI is to kind of look at what research is available and what research we can do in-house ourselves to kind of get us closer to a place where the quality, the sourcing, and the standardization of herbal wellness products that come out of the African continent um, is of the highest standard and able to compete globally with other forms of traditional medicine around the world. So um, there are two sort of aspects to the research. So one is looking at research that has already been done. And we do have research institutes um, in in Nigeria that do a lot of this work. Um, The main challenge is just getting usually private companies or governments to execute on this research. So IITA is a fantastic example, which is the Institute for Tropical Agriculture. Um, They do a lot of research on sort of even cash crops, food crops, and medicinal plants as well. 
But because of the food security issue that we have in Africa, I believe most of their research um, that's executed upon has to do with actual food products like cassava, for example, and vitamin A fortified cassava. Whereas um, the nutrient deficiency issue isn't just about macronutrients, which is like your carbohydrates, your protein. Um, it's also about micronutrients, which is what we find in herbs. Um, and like medicinal plants as well. So some of this research is available and the first level for us is always seeing, okay, what has already been done? What research has already um, been put out there and how can we take from that to create herbal wellness products? The other aspect though is um, a lot of our traditional remedies are more of like an oral tradition. So they're passed down from generation to generation. They tend to stay within families and families tend to be very secretive about them. So it's very difficult to get access to those formulations. Um, and so that is a lot of research that we have to do independently. One is building trust with um, these herbalists, I would say, um, that traditionally create these remedies. And the other is then, okay, apart from taking just like anecdotal accounts of how these remedies work, actually getting them into labs, breaking them down, understanding what the active ingredients are, how these things interact with each other, and kind of standardizing them into products that are safe for public consumption and that are also consistent. Because I think that's one of the challenges um, that we have, um, just products that can be trusted by the consumer. So it's very, very long-term, very, very um, arduous work, but I believe it's extremely worth it in the long run. It's also not work we can do ourselves. So we're very you know, excited whenever we come across any other brand or any other company that's sort of trying to explore similar things as, as we are. It's most, most definitely going to be a rewarding area of research. You know, Africa is one of the most biodiverse regions in the world. And, mm -hmm. you know, we just have to look at the past 10 years of food trends, you know, the latest African grain, whether it's teff or, you know, whether, you know, baobab or yes. moringa, you know, yes. you know, almost, it's almost like every other year, there's a new African ingredient that's being held as the latest superfood for its mm -hmm. its um, nutritional benefits, right? Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited that you know you're going into this area of teas um, and broader um, and and the broader area of research and use of um, herbs that are available readily available to people on the continent for use in some of your some of your products uh, moving forward. Um, I think people would be interested to learn about, you know, some of your favorites, some of your top three um, herbs and, and the health benefits of them. So people see these things everywhere, but they're not necessarily fully aware of some of the health benefits. And that's what this series is about. So tell us about mm -hmm. your top three African herbs and the health benefits. Oh, definitely. Um, so it's really difficult to narrow them down to three. Because honestly, we have possibly even millions that are that are beneficial. Um, but I will mention three that come to mind. Um, some seemingly obvious, and you know, some maybe not as much. So the very first one I always love to highlight is the white hibiscus, just because it's so much less popular than the red hibiscus, um, which is zobo or sobo in some in some cultures in West Africa or sorrel. 
some, it's sometimes known as sorrel as well, but that's the red hibiscus. There's a white variety of the hibiscus plant, which is almost like a cousin plant to the red. Um, and it's so nutritious, it's very high in vitamin C. We have that in our immunity blend because of the vitamin C content. And it also has sort of like a tangy flavor that's just really pleasant as well um, for people that have more of like a sour palate. Uh, so the white hibiscus is something I would definitely flag. And that's also something that um, we're very passionate about seeing how we can cultivate that on a wider scale um, because there's no real reason why it shouldn't be as popular as the red. So the white hibiscus. Um, and the other one, seemingly obvious, um, is ginger. So ginger is a root. And just to say that under herbal products, you have flowers, leaves, roots, pods, seeds, all these parts of the plants are useful in one way or the other. So, but for ginger, ginger being a root, Nigeria actually has the best quality ginger in the world. And it's grown in a local government called Kachia in Kaduna State. And I mean, even it's such good quality that it's even used for like pepper spray. Like that's how um, concentrated sort of the the um, active ingredient in, in the ginger is. Um, and the ginger is just fantastic for digestion. So we have a blend called digestion in which the most active ingredient is this ginger that comes from Kachia and Kaduna. Um, and it's just great quality. Like it relieves so much gas and bloating, discomfort after meals. Um, that's a fantastic one. And I, it's like a go-to for me. And the third one I would mention is Moringa. So Moringa has, in the last decade or two, gained a lot of popularity, but it actually is something that is like a, quite an ancient herb that has been used for literally centuries, particularly in northern Nigeria. But it's typically used for soups, um, and it's called zogale in the north, but it's typically used for soups more so than herbal teas. Um, but Moringa is a superfood. It's classified as a superfood globally. The thing with Moringa in Nigeria and in a lot of West Africa is that it's still very much like a subsistence crop. So a lot of homes in Northern Nigeria, especially you will find a Moringa tree there that the family just uses. Um, but it's something that absolutely should be cultivated and you can get oil from it, you can get tinctures from it, you can get um, powders, teas, all sorts of herbal wellness products. So I love the diversity of the Moringa leaves. And I also love that you can use the seeds as well. Um, and yeah, it's just generally a fantastic plant. So those are my top three herbs, um, but there are just so many more, so many more. So final closing thoughts on, on your vision, on your vision of health. So you mentioned prevention is a really big thing for you. You mentioned trying to find natural solutions for common ailments i think it's important mm -hmm. to stress that fact there are many common ailments that um can easily be resolved you know you mentioned mm -hmm. ginger peppermint's also very good for digestion um, yeah. and you know, harming herbs like chamomile lavender etc so you know what's your vision um for your, the work that you're embarking on um especially with regards to bringing african herbs to the fore but from a health perspective what do you want mm -hmm. to see um, with the work that you do? Yeah, so there are two aspects of everything that we do at Sari. One aspect is the customer and the other aspect is every employee that's touched along the value chain. So all the way from the farm to the table. Um, and 
you know, we're trying to ensure that we create sort of a symbiotic relationship in that in that way. Um, so the great vision that we have is to create um, an impactful value-added brand that is completely sourced on the African continent, but is um, sort of able to compete on a global scale with other forms of traditional medicine and herbal wellness products. And the main purpose for wanting to have that wide of a reach is to have impact on smallholder farmers that do grow these medicinal plants and to also explore all the possibilities for um, sort of standardizing and improving on the quality of African traditional medicine and, and remedies. So the vision is to have a wide range of products, whatever mode of administration is best suited to you as a consumer. And that will allow us to really diversify the use of those medicinal plants so that th those that are growing those plants can also benefit from sort of the socioeconomic impact of that. Um, and so it's a win-win for everybody, for the customers, for the staff, and for the farmers. Um, so yeah, that's the grand vision. I, I would love to put African medicinal plants on the global stage and sort of see how we can just all benefit from, from these products. Farida, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to yeah, having more conversations about this in the future. In the spirit of tea, this week's giveaway is an awesome book by Rachel Ditampo titled Tonics and Teas, Traditional and Modern Remedies That Make You Feel Amazing. In it, you'll find practical guides to putting some everyday herbs to good use. And to be in with the chance of winning, make sure you're subscribed to our weekly newsletter. If not, head over to our website at dryemacy.com and do that right now. Next Wednesday, you'll receive a link to enter and all you have to do is answer the following question. What were Farida's top three African herbs? The winner will be announced on my Instagram page at Dr. Yemisi Bokini next Saturday. The Food Clinic podcast is powered by the Royal Society of Chemistry.